0: I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, finding yourself in life's little moments. Hi, dear listener. So, this is going to be an unusual podcast. And to begin with, I'm just at home not out on the headlands overlooking the ocean as I usually am when I'm making these recordings. And I'm walking around my living room. It's a late afternoon, bright sun, hot, you know, hot. Stiff wind out there. And uh, I just want to say that this is going to be unusual. This podcast is going to be unusual. Why? Because in short, dear listener, I am seething, seething. Now, for anyone who knows me, for anyone who knows and has listened to my podcasts, that's not an emotion, a feeling that I generally express or feel, frankly. Maybe that's a blessing. To not feel seethingly angry, okay? But I do, right now. And I feel like I have to make this statement. The podcast is titled, What I Believe, and it's kind of for the record. I'm making this podcast for the record. So I'm walking because frankly, it's not easy and perhaps even almost impossible to sit down as I'm experiencing what it is that I want to share with you. And I feel like what I'm going to share with you is universally important. I hope that won't sound too grandiose, but I feel like it is. And it's also a, a statement to counter what I discovered through somebody that I know on Facebook. It's amazing what you can find out on Facebook through people you know. You know, it's an amazing thing. But this morning I woke up to find that my name had been included has been included in the introduction to a book by someone whom I know and have known of for you know a period of years someone who I'm also aware has been the subject of you know, significant um, accusation, accusatory, uh, um, just accusations, significant accusations. And this book that was written by him recently uh, has to do with human relationship and so on. And, um, you know, the more intimate aspects of human relationship, I wasn't aware of this book until this friend of mine told me about it and said to me that, uh, you know, kind of alerted me or notified me or wanted to just simply inform me that my name and a quote from something that I'd written many years ago had been included in the introduction. Okay, So I'm stating this, dear listener, for the record. I'm stating it because I feel, you see, that my entire life, both personal and well you might want to say political i'm not involved in politics per se but i feel that you know when one makes statements about the human condition in a sense one is becoming entering into the grand field of of, of human endeavor the grand field of human life on on earth at this point and maybe you could call that political whatever you want to call it you know that's the subject of my life you know i endeavor to help people through everything that I do, to illuminate the things that may give us solace, joy, inspiration, may connect us to the deepest parts of ourselves, you know, may actually bring forth from our hearts the salvation, the the feeling of love. And I feel that feeling of love is really what, in the end, is going to save us. So, when I found out that my name had been included, and a tiny quote Six words in the introduction of this book, written by this person, whom I know of, you know, I know of his work, I know of the things that he's been accused of, and I feel that, well, frankly, there's a preponderance of support for those accusations, and leaning onto the side of those accusations, to the extent that petitions had been circulated some years ago, not that long ago, wanting to inform people that they should avoid this person, you know, for improprieties. I'm not going to go into the details. You know, I don't know all the details, but let's just say improprieties. You know, you can imagine what that might be. And articles in the Huffington Post, articles in the New York Times about this, you know, I mean it 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 made pretty big news, okay? It made pretty big news. And I don't know, dear listener, you know, we live in a weird time where there's almost kind of this hall of mirrors that's been created where, you know, quote unquote fake news, you start to wonder if what what you're reading is is true or not true. You know, I tend to go with my my gut about things, but I can't help but be impressed when I read a petition signed by over a hundred rabbis you know that say, you know we are feeling called to warn people you know not to subject themselves not to um you know just to avoid you know this person because we've seen so much of what's happened.' in their wake, we've seen so much of what's happened, you know, we become aware of what's happened as a result of, of things that they've done. So that's as much as I'm going to say about the person who authored the book, in which this tiny quote appears from me, all right? And the problem is that the context in which I'm quoted is the diametric opposite of what I stand behind, okay? It is the diametric opposite of what I feel, believe, and endeavor to bring forth in this world, you know, in the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020, and, you know, in the end really what my life has led me to understand, to be I have conviction in, and so on. So, it is the diametric opposite to what I believe and feel and think. And that's why I had to make this podcast, because I feel like I have to set the record straight. You know, I can't just let it go. I can't. It's too important. People suffer in this world, right? They suffer. They're suffering in this world. And I can't be pulled into anything, any context, which I feel is in some way linked to human suffering and I feel that's what has happened in this case okay I feel that's what's happened and I, I, I can't bear it you know so I'm standing here in my lounge room right my living room right looking out at the beautiful blue sky here you know where I live and the wind is blowing saying to myself you know no 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 this is no you know this is no so what was the quote you know what is the context what am I talking about So this book, again, is about human relationship, but particularly, you know, the most intimate aspects of human relationship, okay? So I'm not going to go into that either because I know a lot of different people listen to these podcasts. And frankly, I just kind of keep it above board. But I somehow had to express really where I'm coming from, right? Because the fact is, okay, that in this case, right? So I'm quoted as having written now this goes way back to an article way back. Okay, this is mm, I'm going to say like almost 16 years ago, you know, I was writing for at that time for a period of time, just a few years I was I was working as a journalist. I was writing for a publication that really had its, you know, its its own agenda. You know, it had it had a certain agenda and there were things that i wrote that i really feel, you know, that i can stand behind and things now that i can't, but regardless of that fact, you know, i always felt somehow that i was expressing something about, you know, my my own conviction, but it wasn't always free of, you know, the overall agenda of the of the magazine itself, and that i regret that. You know, i i, I now that i see that, i think, oh, you know, I'm f- I'm thankful now. I thank to God, you know, that I'm now free to be able to say what I think, say what I feel, say what I'm really, you know, what I really feel is, is, is the truth and is important and is going to, in my view, you know, hopefully lead us into a better future, all right? But this thing is not it. <laughs> Dear listener, this thing that I'm talking about, this thing that has incited my ire, this thing that has me pacing around my lounge room, this thing that has me making this podcast is not it. It is not it. You know, it's not it. I don't use foul language, okay? I just, I, I generally don't, all right? And one of the good things about, you know, not using foul language a lot is that when you really need it, when there's something that really calls forth for it, right, it's like you have it because you can say it because that's what's doing you know that's what's what sort of uh, approximates the thing that you really need to and want to express given the situation there's a lot of expletives that i could be using <laughs> in this podcast that would express the intensity of what i feel and what i feel you know is 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 because again i have been appropriated okay my words and I don't care in what context they were said in a right way back, have been appropriated into the very diametric opposite sort of framework, you know, belief system that I actually ascribe to, okay? So I just want to say that for this. So what is it? Okay, so this particular, you know, bit of writing here that I'm that I appear in and I wouldn't have even known this if this person that I knew hadn't tell, told me about it okay has to do with the fact that I hope I can keep myself stable to do this because it's it's so aggravating <laughs> it's so aggravating has to do with the fact that women you know yes, maybe they've been abused, so we're talking about, you know, abused in in, in all the ways that, that they can be abused, okay? But really, men have been, too, at the hands of women, all right? And that, not only that, but, you know, women have come forward and this is the point of this particular part of this introduction is that women have come forward when they have found out you know that they might not be the only one who has um been a victim of impropriety okay and you can read into that you you probably write you know read into the whole thing what i'm trying to say when they find out that they might not be the only one, it kind of creates a sort of, um, you know, ganging up, a a, a coming together, ganging up together against, you know, a man whom they will endeavor to um, bring down, you know, bring down through defamation, right? Bring down through whatever. Does that happen? Occasionally, perhaps. But you see, dear listener, There's a much, much, much bigger picture to this, and this is why I'm so angry about this, is because way back when I was working as a journalist and interviewing people and interviewing a lot of women about their various experiences, okay, one of the authorities, quote unquote, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the people that I interviewed was a woman who is an anthropologist, a social anthropologist, a cultural anthropologist. She studies her work is to study the evolution of human life over, you know, the course of of millennia and longer, right? What's human culture? What is human life like? You know, what is it? What has it been like? Where have we come from? You know, where have we come from? And one of the things that she said to me, which you know, well, I'll always remember, is she said, you know, women have loved. Women love powerful men, and they have for two million years. okay women love powerful men, and they have for two million years now i 'm telling you that now, okay, that struck me a lot back then. It strikes me now for a very particular reason. why do women love powerful men? Why are they attracted? This is an evolutionary um, you know an aspect of our of our of our our makeup okay cellularly psychologically um you know, in every way, right? It's it's an aspect of our makeup. It's because a powerful man, okay, historically, evolutionarily, you know, we're talking about eons ago, but maybe even now, would be more likely to guarantee, okay, the survival of the woman, all right? Because why? Life was tough. Life is still tough for a lot of women, really tough, you know, it varies, right? But Certainly, if you can backtrack in your mind to say 2,000, 4,000, 6,000, you know, 10,000 years ago, right, life was very tough. And if you, you know, sort of joined yourself, right, with with a, a more powerful man, right, a more powerful man, not a less powerful man, you were more likely to survive. You were more likely to survive... Your children were more likely to survive, okay? So what does that tell us? That tells us something that we probably basically can all acknowledge, which is that, you know, despite the um, advancements of women over time, we are simply less physically powerful in general, okay? And... In other ways, you know, we have certain disadvantages. Do I need somebody, you know, to help me with my 25-pound carry-on bag into the overhead bin when I'm getting into an airplane? At this point, yes. All right? Yes. Is that usually a guy? Yes. Sometimes it's a young woman, you know, who happens to be particularly strong, you know, and that's awesome. But usually it's a guy all right, that's just the way it is, you know, it's just the way it is on average, all right, so the fact is that women have had the need to, okay, and have, you see, that's part of our our makeup, right, is, is for survival, for survival of ourselves, survival of, you know, why do all these different species of animals, why do they have, you know, courting rituals, why are there, you know, sort of animals out there, antelope and so on, that go through, you know, male antelopes that go through this, this, you know, the sort of important ritual of proving, you know, themselves to be um, the stronger one, you know, worthy of the mate, the female, you know, worthy of the mate, right, worthy of the mate. So it's because of this. Now, the fact is, okay, when I read this, I'm just, I'm I just imagine that I'm, just Just imagine that I'm saying kind of every little, you know, expletive that you, can. <laughs> I'm refraining myself, I'm refraining from doing it. So when people start to equate, when it comes to this kind of abuse, you know, I'm not talking about war, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about this kind of, of abuse, like domestic violence, domestic abuse, and so on, this kind of thing. Listen, the preponderance of it, is the preponderance of it is against women, all right? I'm standing here last week in the morning, garbage collection day. They're new garbage trucks, all right? They're new garbage trucks, brand new garbage trucks. Garbage truck comes down the street, stops in front of my apartment, bright pink. Okay, bright pink, all right? Bright pink with a ribbon. And on the garbage truck, all right, stop domestic violence, pink garbage truck, stop domestic violence. I'm like, oh, my God, that's awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. Everybody's going to see that garbage truck, right? There's a women's shelter not far from here. Nobody knows where it is. Why? Because those women's lives are at risk, all right? Is there such a thing for men? Not that I know of, all right? Not that I know of, all right? Not that I know of. That's not to say that men don't suffer at the hands of women. That's that's not to say that. But we got to look, really, you know, at the reality. Women's lives, women are more vulnerable, and they have been for two million years. Two million years. They have been for two million years, you know, and longer. And they are in the animal world, too. I mean, this isn't, you know, um, limited to the human species, it's not limited to the human species, right, you know, it just is the case, all right, so this quote, right, finding, okay, so finding out as feminist writer Jessica Romer she writes, now, I've actually never called myself a feminist writer, okay, I never have, I never have, I never called myself a feminist writer, now, that's interesting, right, because I was thinking, okay, am I a feminist writer, am I a feminist writer, I'm being called a feminist writer, And I thought to myself, "Mm, I'm a humanist. What does that mean? I'm a humanist. That means I believe in the total picture that, you know, given the human, given the total picture, the human condition, right? Men are suffering, right? Women are suffering. This is a particular context, though, you see. So in the total picture People suffer, right? Men will suffer more because they're overwhelmingly the ones that are sent out to battle. Okay, still, even now, okay? They're overwhelmingly still the ones that are getting sent out to battle, all right? That's enormous. They will come back different to how they went. If they survive, they will come back different. You know, they will be different people having come through, you know, it's only in the last 40 years, right, that we even, 30, 40 years, that we even diagnosed something called PTSD, right, PTSD, right? I mean, you know, back in the day, back, you know, 70, 70, 80, you know, 50, 60, you know, even years ago, you know, people would come back from war, and it would sort of be like, okay, you know, kind of business as usual, they would come back, but these men were deeply impacted, deeply impacted, irrevocably impacted okay so you see that for me really bears something right that for me in my own self and psyche right i think about these things i think about how human people suffer so i'm a human you know i'm a humanist i'm a humanist i'm a humanist writer i'm a humanist podcaster right because i take in the total picture like that however feminist so but with women i've been through you see i've been through a fair bit of suffering in my life, okay? I've been through a fair bit of, you know, of all sorts of stuff, domestic abuse, okay? Domestic violence, domestic abuse, you know? I know what it's like to be afraid in the context of the secret theater of one's own home. You know, the Victorians, they used to talk about the secret theater of, you know, the private theater of the home, right? There is so much that goes on behind the scenes we don't even know about, you know? And now, you know, finally... There's this garbage truck going down the street, you know, pink, right? Not blue, interestingly, you know. I say to the people who wrote this book, the person who wrote this book, you know, he's quoting, it's not a blue garbage truck, you know. It's a pink garbage truck, you know. Stop domestic violence, stop, you know, stop domestic violence. So in that private theater of the home, I'll just say it straight out, shit goes on, you know. And we may never know about it. Does some of it happen to men? Yes, I'm not denying that, but there is an enormous amount that happens to women. Women are killed. Where I'm living now in this country, women are killed all, you know, all the, you know, their stories all the time, all the time about it, you know. It's unbelievable, okay? It is unbelievable, all right. So for me to be quoted, where there is a, a sort of um, equivalency, you know, made between men suffering at the hands of, of of women in the light of what you know what we call domestic abuse and women, you know, where there's an equivalency being made, I you know, take me out. This is a party like I don't want to go to. You know, I don't want to be invited to this party. I don't want to be included on the guest list. You know, I don't want to end up in anybody's. You know effing introduction <laughs> about this, because I don't believe it, right, so they say, okay, so, so I'm quoted, you know, when women find out, quote-unquote, that they are not the only one, all right, that's the only quote, but see, it's plugged, this is bad, see, this is, this is, this is bad writing, guys, you know, I just want to say, I'm an author, you know, I'm an author, right, I write a lot, I've written a lot, you know, I write a lot, right, I'm an au- you don't, you know, you don't do that, you know what I mean? You don't do it. You don't use someone, you know, quote six words and then and then plug it into your whole agenda. You know, forget it. Forget it. And whatever someone may think about, whatever it was they think that I thought back then, I just want to say for the record, this is what I think. And, you know, take me out of anything that's not what I'm telling you right now. Because the fact is that women are suffering, and on a global level, all right? Take the whole world, take all the countries, take the Middle East, take Europe, you know, take India, China, all right? Take the United States, take where I'm living down under now, you know, take, you know, the South Pacific, you know, take um, East Asia, right? Africa, take the whole thing, like pan back, you know, pan effing back, and just take stock of, the human can take stock of the woman condition, the condition of, you know, take stock of what happens for women, you know, in most places, South America, in most places. The fact of women being vulnerable, which they've been, as the social anthropologist, right, cultural anthropologist, rightly noted, you know, for two million years, the fact that they're more vulnerable plays itself out okay, in ways that are holding this entire world down, the entire world. So you see, that's the point. That's the point. So here, you know, it's saying, okay, so, you know, writer, me, writes, when finding out groups of women who feel rejected and hurt, I mean, please, God help me. (laughs) God help me, you know? I don't want to be, you know. Quote someone else. Don't quote me, you know, just don't quote me, all right? Take it out. Take it out. Take it out. Finding out, as feminist writer says, you know, me, that they're not the only one, quote unquote. That's it, six words. They may get together and use false or distorted accusations of sexual, I'm just going to say it, this is what it says, misconduct to socially kill a man. Take me out of this picture, okay? It, it, it's just, it's abhorrent. It's abhorrent. Has it? Ha- has that happened? Yes, but let me tell you, it's so tiny a percentage. It is so, compared to the magnitude of the suffering of women in this in this world at this time and back through history, this is just it's bad. You know, this is bad. And the fact that the person who wrote this, you know, has been accused of so much, it's like even, you know, I don't I I haven't read this book, you know, I'm not going to read it, you know, but my question is, you know, maybe find a different topic. <laughs> maybe find a different topic, you know, cuz this is just kind of like trying to shore what, you know, it's just maybe find a different topic, but whatever topic you, you choose, you know, leave me out of it, you know, leave me out of it. I'm telling you right now, because what I believe is that the oppression of women, what is occurring behind the scenes, what is occurring, you know, in, in, in covert and overt ways to women, and, and it is institutional, it's just, it's, 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 like like the entire culture is shot through with it so much right that we can't even see it right it's come up through so many years so long you know for so long that we don't even realize how our how our um perspective is colored by it you know right we don't even realize how our perspective is colored by it you know how this um the fact that women are inherently less less strong, okay, is a factor, conscious or unconscious, in the way that that woman is treated, okay? That would be a subject worth going into. That would be a subject I'd be interested in exploring, you know? And I'm interested in exploring because I've, like, seen it in my own life, you know? And yes, defamation of character. So this person is is talking about defamation of character. Let me tell you something. That's true, right? You know, if someone is um, wrongly accused, okay. I I remember talking with a, a, a pretty renowned Catholic priest, right? One time, and he had just been giving a talk about the commandments. The commandment that shall thou shalt not kill right so thou shalt not kill he was talking about the fact that that's not just physical he said that has to do also with verbal assault right with defamation he said when someone's character when someone is defamed it is as if right they are they're killed right and i had never heard someone speak so strongly about defamation like that. I mean, I had experienced it myself, and after that talk, I went up to him and I said, oh my God, I said, I've been through this like in spades, you know, and I never thought about it in the light of something as profound as, you know, that commandment, you know, that this is how serious this is, okay? So I know about that, right? I know about that, and I feel... Really, that, um, oh, God, God, really, God, you know, when groups of women who feel rejected and hurt, you know, finding out that they are not the only one may come together, you know, to use false or distorted accusations, you know, to quote unquote socially, you know, kill a man, you know. Listener, I know this is a heavy topic, but I'm passionate about it because we live in a world which is becoming more and more for me like a hall of mirrors, okay? What's a hall of mirrors? It's where you don't know what's real and not real. That's a really bad situation, okay? Because if you don't know what's real or not real, then it 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 um it makes you feel unsteady, like you're walking on on a you know on shaky ground, you don't know what's real, you don't know what's what's not real, how do you act then? how do you ascertain what's really true? how do you come into a sort of conviction that you can really put your you know put yourself behind right It's really serious, okay this whole fake news thing right I put all this i put this whole thing right here you know into that fake news category, you know because frankly, I just don't think it represents reality i don't i'm gonna say it straight out you know, I just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't, the oppression of women is insidious, it's covert, it's overt, it takes a gazillion different forms, and it's holding all of us back, men and women, and it's been going on forever, you know, I'll always remember when I was going through it, and, um, I called the National Domestic Violence Hotline. The woman was amazing to spend like an hour on the phone with me. And the first thing she said to me, she said, you know, this is about power and control, right? Power over, power over, right? Right. Power over. And I couldn't relate to it. Here I am, someone who has, you know, achieved a lot in her life. I talked about this in a previous podcast. You know, I come from from a couple of, you know, a line of fairly liberated women. My, my grandmother was enormously successful, okay, established her own whole business, hardly spoke English, came off the boat from Russia, you know, pogrom-ridden Russia, right? What is a pogrom? It's where they go through and they just you know, decimated, you know, the Jewish communities, okay, she's Jewish, my background, that's my, all my family, comes out of, uh, you know, pogrom-ridden Russia, and she made it through, she made it through by virtue of her talents, you know, this is a little bit of a just side story, but it's incredible, her story's incredible, you know, She was granted a visa by the ambassador to the Ottoman Empire in 1917. That was Henry Morgenthau Sr. Okay, because she happened to, you know, by hook or by crook, she made it down into Turkey. You know what's now Turkey, Constantinople, which is now Istanbul, and she was gifted as a as a as a a very young woman, 18. You know, maybe she was 17, 18, and she made the um, a, a fancy dress costume for the ambassador to the Ottoman Empire, Turkey, what's now Turkey, you know, Henry Morgenthau. And he um, was so impressed that he gave her a visa to the United States, and he said, go, you know, go, go, make your life. And she went. She went. Landed in Ellis Island and started, you know, her own little, like, you know, business there in New York City. And she ended up becoming one of the most you know renowned right theatrical costumers in the United States in America in the 20th century right she built that up for nothing she could never pronounce certain English words right so that was my grandmother you know she was incredible and she never thought that she could fail i mean you know it's amazing right so in a certain sense she was you know truly you know she was liberated and and she was you know my my mom got her phd and was you know at a time when very few women were achieving that uh, that kind of level in in academic life um my mom got her phd in the 60s you know doing you know semi research on uh oh, god i'm just I'm telling you so i i i never thought that i wasn't liberated right because i came through these women who seemingly really were but i didn't realize you know that there's more to the picture and i found myself in situations where I was vulnerable, I realized I felt very vulnerable, and very fearful, okay? And I couldn't put that together sort of cognitively, you know, emotionally, you know, in any way really with the truth of of my background, well-educated, you know, coming from, you know, this line of of women, you know, and so on and so forth, and, and all of that, but there I was, you know? calling the National Domestic Violence Hotline and them telling me that it was about power and control. And I still, even talking to that woman and being the situation I was, at that point I was being sheltered myself. You know, coming out of a pretty horrific thing. Even then I couldn't sort of say, you know, see that I was somehow less than, weaker, you know, that I had been cowed. You know, coerced. You know, controlled. You know, been ex- you know power had been exerted over me. I mean, I knew I felt a lot of fear. Okay, I felt a lot of fear, and I want to tell you something. If you ask women, you know, if 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 they really can be honest with themselves, right? If they, if they can be in touch with this, it's a very tough emotion to be in touch with, because we're just trying to you know we're doing the a lot of us are doing the best we can. I'm not talking about everybody, but really, you know. Fear is very deep in there. It's very deep in there, ground level, right? So to see my name in this is like, oh, God, help me. Because this is the diametric opposite, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, of what I really believe, you know? I'm pulled into something that I'm doing everything I can, not only to extricate myself from personally, But to create an entire new way of life and being for people, you know, women and men, you know, to enliven the best part of ourselves, you know, so that maybe we can become better people. So maybe we can begin to feel, despite whatever we might be going through, that there is this core, this place, this God-given place, this place in our souls, you know, that's untouched by all of it, that we can call upon, that we can say, oh my God, you know, there's something in me, there's this place, there's this beautiful place, you know, and from that place, I be- can begin to go forward in concert with who I am, you know, in you know for the best reasons, in you know in duet with the better angels of my nature, and I can begin to create a sort of life of stability and wholesomeness, right in a world which is just like just lacking in it, you know, is in so need of it, right so need of it. And I want to tell you, this thing is about, you know, this book is about human relationship and, and you know, the, like I said, the more intimate aspects of human relationship. I want to tell you what the, the, mo- you know, the, intimate, the most intimate dimensions of human relationship, you know, man and woman, man and man, man you know, I'll tell you what the best, the, the, the most important part of that is, you know, if you're going to talk about the quote unquote, er- you know, erotic, forget it, it's trust, it's trust. The key to this is trust. That's what, in the end, will create a melding of human beings, of human two human you know two people. Let's say in a human relationship, trust. Right, the building of trust. The feeling that there's increasingly increasing levels of trust, and coming out of that, right? Because in 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 feeling that and discovering it and beginning to build that with another person, what are you doing? It's a revolutionary act, okay? It's a revolutionary act because you are creating an alternate paradigm reality to everything that's gone wrong in this world that has been the very abject, you know, the, the opposite of it, the destruction of it, the destruction of trust, the destruction of, of trust, you know, and of love, and of intimacy, okay? So if trust is the most important thing, right, and I feel that is the most, just, you know, that's the ground of real eroticism, okay? I'm just going to say that because that's the topic of this book and everything like that. (sighs) then your whole you know your whole attention is is in a completely different direction you start to put it back on yourself and you go oh my god you know how can i be trustworthy i think that's what this book should be about that's what it should be about you know given given who this 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 author you know what what he purportedly has been involved with you know i mean let's face it you know Hundred and fifty rabbis, or however many rabbis, a hundred rabbis, so you know, you know. Anyway, you get my point. Trust. Trust. That's what intimacy really, in the end, is about. And I think that's just we're just the beginning of being able to sort of forge new territory. You know, in the great Jesuit priest and paleontologist and visionary Teilhard de Chardin talked about a meeting of you know, heart to heart oh god that's what it's about that's what it's about trust, trust, it's a hard word you know it feels like I need a different word I need a different word I don't know what word to use right now but you get it right it's like where you can totally let go And begin to feel like the other person is there. In their own brokenness, in their own imperfection, in whatever it is, they'll you're able to let go because power is not gonna you're not gonna be, you know, those dynamics aren't gonna be a play anymore. It'll be like this mutual exploration and creation really of a new world between you. It's a revolutionary act. Sounds simple, right? I don't think so. Have I? Have I? Have I? You know, I, I mean, this is new territory. It's totally new territory. But boy, oh boy, you know, if there's going to be a new world, if we're going to create a new world, it's going to come out of that. So, you know, I had to make this podcast because when a person sees their name in print in a context that they can buy absolutely no stock in. <laughs> You got to say something, right? You got to say something, right? You got to say something. You know? Cuz it matters. It matters. It really 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 matters. Okay? And uh yeah, it really matters. You know, what I believe in is the very opposite of what I read this morning when this friend sent me you know, this told me I was quoted in this book, so it gave me an opportunity to say what I feel. You know, I say what I feel, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there. You got to be careful. You know, don't take everything on face value. You know, when it goes, when you go behind the scenes and, uh, you know, if people could really see what goes on behind the scenes, right, we could be flies on the wall in different circumstances. If someone could could be, could could have been a fly on the wall, you know, in my own life, and actually, you know, that did in a sense happen, you know, persons came in and helped me, but, you know, you sort of go, oh my God, if somebody could have been a fly on the wall in my life and said, uh, you know. Hey. Hey. It's not good, you know. I'm sorry you're going through a lot. This it doesn't this doesn't look good. This isn't this isn't right. It's not right. So, dear listener, that's my That's my thought. Those are my thoughts, but I had to say something, you know. Cuz you can't just let this stuff lie, you can't. You know, you just can't. There's too much at stake. So take good care, you know. I mean, this goes out to everybody. That is, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to end this, but I'll just say thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. God bless you. God, take care of you. And, you know, question, you know, yeah. Things may not always be what they seem. So, anyway, take good care. Bye for now, and thanks again. All right? (laughs) All right. All best wishes. Bye. Bye.